and welcome to the Awakening the Sleeping Giant podcast, a ministry of the exchange where we are improving church effectiveness through healthy church and ministry assessments, mission trip planning, and workshops on evangelism, discipleship, church structure, and strategic planning. You can find more about our ministry, the exchange, at www.madetheexchange.com. You can also email me at be the church.go at gmail.com. You can email me for uh, questions or if you would like to be on the show, uh, you can email me as well and we will schedule a time to do a recording. All right. Well, I am excited for this episode, so let's get started. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening this morning. If I sound a little off, that is because I'm just recording this now. This morning, we had an extended weekend in Tennessee. Uh, we visited our daughter our son-in-law, and our granddaughter. I had not had time to record over the weekend or last week, so I'm just recording this episode this morning. So if I sound a little off, that's because it's really early and I'm recording this right now. What I want to do today is two things. One, I want to help pastors lighten their load a little bit at their local church so they can actually do the job of a pastor. What I mean by that is that they can actually pastor their congregation. And the second thing I want to do is provide some information that can actually help the church uh, fulfill what we see in scripture, the church doing. And what is the outcome of the church being the church? And so those are the two things that I really want to focus on here this morning. So first of all, what I want to be talking about is the pastor's role in the traditional church. So often what we see is the pastor having a really, really heavy load, being responsible for all kinds of things, but not only being responsible for the, the people, the church members actually having an expectation of the pastor doing some of these things. And some of these things are like getting trained, right? Like ongoing uh, training, but also there's an expectation that they went to college uh, for uh, ministry, they went to seminary. Uh, there's an expectation that they're training other people. Um, there's also the expectation that the pastor is attending conferences on a regular basis. Uh, the expectation is that the pastor is also the teacher, meaning that they're also teaching at all of the weekend services, all of the other things that go on. Uh, they're also responsible for and expected to make decisions or help make decisions. They're also expected to build community through relationships and different things like that. So you can imagine how hard that can be. And not only that, they're also expected to do vi visits you know, to the hospitals. They're expected to do visits to the elderly. They're expected to do all of this stuff while maintaining good composure. And let's just be honest, maintaining a perfect image, which we know is, is just not possible, right? We know that, but yet there's that expectation there. And so the reason that we believe that this is the case is because of the structural elements found within the North American traditional church. Because everything is focused on the pastor. The pastor ends up being the guy on the top, ends up being the, 
like the head honcho. And so everybody expects this out of him. And what ends up happening is burnout. Pastors end up getting burnt out. They get tired. You've probably heard so many stories in the news about you know, pastors, you know, living, you know, in some sort of sin or stepping into some sort of sin or leaving the ministry altogether. And they're judged extremely harshly. And they should be judged, you know, to a degree by the body, right? They can't be allowed to continue doing this stuff. But honestly, what do we expect from somebody that we hold to such high standards that we know are impossible to meet. And it's because of those structural elements are designed to put that much pressure on him because it's designed like a business, right? So just like we put a lot of pressure on a CEO, that's what we end up doing to the pastor. We have to restructure the church so the the ministry load can actually be spread out among the people. When we do that, when we start changing up our foundational structure, the responsibilities are shifted from the pastor to the elders. And then the elders put that expectation on the people of the church. What ends up happening are the elders now expect everybody to get some sort of training, to train others, to attend ongoing training, like through conferences and stuff like that. They expect everybody to be able to teach. Uh, everybody helps make decisions. Everybody builds community through relationship. Everybody visits. Everybody is expected to play their part within the church, using their gifts to do so. The church actually can start growing in maturity and unity because all of the gifts are being used, which we've talked about in a previous podcast, but also the pastor is now released to be able to pastor the people. And this is critically important because that's why the gift of the pastor was given to the church in the first place. And so when we start looking at some of the results of the whole church coming together and being responsible for these things, what you start seeing is that the whole church is now also responsible for evangelism, making disciples, teaching, preaching, member care, and fulfilling the Great Commission. And that is absolutely critical for us to understand because that is the purpose of the church. And when we do not allow the whole church to participate, and we leave all of that up to the pastor, not only are we expecting one person to do more than they're capable of, we are not allowing the church to have the gospel impact within our community that we have been called to have. And again, I want to go back to these foundational elements of the church, starting with the hierarchy model that we use in most churches where the pastor is typically on top and then it goes down to the elders and then it goes down to know the the rest of the body and that is not a biblical model of the church now it's a successful model if you're looking to run a business but as far as running a church it's not feasible long term not only is it not feasible long term it's not going to produce the results that the church is called to produce and so some of the steps 
that pastors can start taking and that elders can start taking is start having discussions about what it would look like to restructure the leadership of the local church. And beginning with, and I know this is going to sound big, removing the position of senior pastor. There's no need to have that position. If you, as a church, have your elders set up appropriately, your gifts are going to be present within that eldership. There's going to be pastors there. There's going to be teachers there. There's going to be evangelist prophets. There's going to be apostles. Right? And so if you have that set up appropriately, you are not going to be short of a pastor. You're not going to be short of a preacher. You don't have to worry about that. And then you can remove that salaried position as well because the pastor is now pastoring out of his gifting, not out of his job. And so now his motivations can change, right? His motivations are no longer motivated by money. Again, remember what I've talked about previously is it's not necessarily like that's their intention, but let's be honest, if you're doing a job and that's where your income comes from, you're definitely concerned about what you do and you're concerned about your money. It's just the reality of it. But if you are preaching without the need to worry about income, then you can preach truth all day long and, and it, it doesn't matter. You can preach the soft stuff. You can preach the hard stuff. It doesn't matter because you're more interested in preaching the truth than you are about saving your job. So that relieves a lot of stress off of a pastor. Now, I do believe there's lots of different ways that we are able to still function as a ministry with some minor paid roles. I do believe in scripture. We are taught that those that preach the gospel or, or that dedicate their lives to preaching the gospel should make a living by the gospel. So it's very clear that we should be getting paid if you know, for ministry, if we are called into full-time gospel ministry, that is something we should be paid for. But I want to challenge you to look at, you know, really kind of a lot of things that Paul taught. You know, although he has the right to be paid, oftentimes he chose not to be paid. And, you know, he was a bivocational ministry minister, at least that's what people would say today. You know, there were times where he was supported by uh, the body, my other bodies as a missionary, I really want to challenge us to relook at how we actually pay those who preach the gospel. And I don't think it's on a salaried type position. I do really believe that it is a church's responsibility to pay for those that have been called into full-time ministry, but I don't believe it's on a salary type thing. I believe it's much more on a give what your heart is called to give. I mean, can you imagine if church members knew that the pastor wasn't going to get paid that week unless we gave what we felt the Lord wanted us to give? It would probably motivate the body to really be much more prayerful about what they give and how much they give. It would also increase the faith of the church, increase the faith of the pastor. There's so much that goes into how we pay those that preach the gospel that can really impact the effect that we have as the body. And so I, I don't have a perfect answer for that. I don't have like a perfect pay scale or pay structure or anything like that. 
But, but I just want to challenge you with, with some ideas. Uh, start thinking about some new ideas. What could it look like um, to, to change the way those that preach the gospel get paid by the gospel? And then secondly, I want to start looking at what are we called to do as a church? How do we actually start stepping out and being the church? Well, we know that our job is evangelism. So first of all, we have to be teaching evangelism within the church. And I do not mean teaching the gospel. I believe that a lot of people in the church know the gospel story, but they have no idea how to share the gospel story. So we need to be teaching them how to share. And that is the evangelist's job. So evangelists, you need to start teaching the body how to evangelize. And we do provide some classes uh, through the exchange for evangelism training uh, that we, we offer to churches. There's a variety of different things that we offer from a one-day to a three-day evangelism training. But it's much more than just knowing how to evangelize. It's also knowing why to evangelize on the larger scope. So those are some things that we offer at the exchange. Uh, there's lots of different ways out there that you can share the gospel. But regardless, we need to be teaching our people how to share the gospel message that results in leading people to Jesus Christ. And a lot of that begins with our own story. If you have come to know the Lord, you have a story. So we need to learn how to share our own personal story that actually leads into a Jesus conversation. And then we also need to be learning how do we take our story to the gospel and take the gospel to discipleship. And those are also things that we need to be teaching the church. What is discipleship? And we also provide some discipleship training. Uh, you can find that on our website at madetheexchange.com. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to make disciples. Uh, we use uh, a particular way of doing it. There's other people out there that use other ways. I don't think any of them are better than the other. You might be able to find your own way. But regardless, we need to be teaching our body how to make disciples. Because if we are not making disciples, the church will not grow. And that is the Great Commission, is go therefore and make disciples. And then we need to be talking about teaching them to obey what Jesus taught. And so once we start discipling somebody, once we start walking with somebody, we need to not only teach them what the Bible says, but we actually have to teach them how to obey it. And a lot of that comes through our own lifestyle, how we're living. But a lot of it also comes through a very close discipleship relationship with those we're discipling, which means much more than, hey, let's meet up once a week. It's, it's much more than that. So there are several things that we as the church can do to start multiplying the church, growing the church, spreading the gospel, but also removing the load from the pastor so they can actually start pastoring. Because we know not everybody is is given the gift of a pastor. So all of those people that are evangelized, all of those people that are you know, becoming disciples, they need somebody to pastor them. And a pastor cannot pastor if he's busy doing everybody else's job. And so all of this works together to create a church that is mature, that is unified, that is growing, and that is actually reflecting what we see in scripture, which should be every 
church's goal. It's really important to me that people understand that the church is a body. We are all called to work together. We all have different parts and they're all absolutely necessary. And we would love to provide some of that training for you. If you do not have uh, it set up within your local body, if you do not have that set up within your local body to uh, teach and train in evangelism or discipleship, we would love to uh, provide some of that stuff for you and, and show you what what we offer. You can head to our website, madetheexchange.com. Uh, there's some examples on there of what we do. There's also some free downloadable material on there you can get. Uh, you can listen to the podcast on there. Uh, my book, Awakening the Sleeping Giant, Church Rediscovered, is also available on there for purchase, which outlines uh, the North American church and the biblical church and compares the two. And we would love to provide uh, help for you guys however we can. So if, if you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at bethechurch.go at gmail.com. Um, and hopefully we can begin a conversation. So I hope this helped you guys today. Uh, if you have any questions, reach out. Otherwise, until next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Awakening the Sleeping Giant podcast. Don't forget, you can contact me anytime by emailing me at bethechurch.go at gmail.com. You can also learn more about our ministry, The Exchange, by going to our website, www.madetheexchange.com. And if you have not already, don't forget to like and follow this podcast, as well as share it with your friends. Now go out and awaken the sleeping giant. Thank <laughs> you.